Hey everybody, welcome to Quotes and Stuff with the Kennedy Bros, the podcast where three brothers talk about movies, comics, pop culture, and stuff while adding our own quoting flair. This is your host, Nate. This is TJ. And I'm Christian. Those of you tuning in for the first time, there are time codes in the description. So if you want to jump around to different parts of our episode, you can do that by going to the description and looking at the time codes. But uh, our episode this week is going to go as follows, starting us off always with our question, then moving on to our quote, uh, throwing a little bit of pop culture news for the week, and then ending it off with our topic. But Christian, you want to hit us up with our opening question related to our topic? Oh yeah, we'll do. So this question of the week is pretty on on point to what we're talking about today. Uh, pretty so if, obvious. Yeah, if you can't get this one, there's there's no hope for you or for any of us really. Uh, but the question of this week is from the Eternals movie. Which power of the Eternals would you want to have and why? And it, this is going to be specific to them. So it can't be just like any sort of super speed. So it can't be like the Flash's super speed or the Hulk strength. It's specific to uh, the the Eternals' powers themselves. All right, I'll, I'll go last this time because I usually take the first ones and I feel like we might have some same answers here. All right, Christian, uh, you start us off. Okay, I'm going to go with... The classic Icarus. I know it's a little bit of a cop out. You know, he's kind of like Spider Man. It's not Spider Man. He's, he's kind of like Superman. <laughs> Mr. Stark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what's the, it's it's really hard to go wrong with you know laser eyes and flying. You know, and I'll get into this more, but I enjoyed his character as well. So I'm I got to go with Icarus. I I really like the the overall super powerful Icarus with the laser eyes and the and the flight. Here's the thing, though. Would you, would you go cape or no cape? I, I would go no cape. No caps. No. Nah, no cape. No, <laughs> no caps. <laughs> yeah, no cape. All right. All right. I guess I'll go next. I actually, I would, I feel like I'm stealing TJ's by saying this, but I would actually want Cersei's powers because it's oh. like, I don't know, like it's basically the, I guess matter manipulation is what you would call her yes. powers. Yes, exactly. Just touches something and it can change into air or water or some sort of element. And if you think about it, that'd be like really, really useful in so many different things. Oh, heck like, yeah. I don't know. Like, obviously we get to see some of that in the movie, but it's just kind of like, huh, I'm kind of hungry right now. Or it's like, ah, I would like some really cold water. You just touch something and it transforms. Yeah. Or uh, I guess another thing I just thought of was like, I guess you're like, uh, I don't really like this tree here. So you just touch the tree and then it turns to dust and you're like, sweet, I no more tree. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the consequences on the uh, landscaping would exactly. be changed if people had this superpower. You could be the ultimate landscaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't do that in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it would have been much more exciting had she been landscaping the entire time. I guess you could like make whatever drink you wanted to. Like you always have good drink and good food. You always have flavored drinks. That uh, oh, now that I'm thinking about it, Nate, that's a really good idea. I'm I'm a big drink guy, so I love I love my juice. And like if I could have a fresh flavored juice anytime I wanted, it's hard to beat. It'd be nice, but yeah, I would take uh, Cersei's matter uh, manipulation powers. Is what Dang. I would take. Okay, wow, right. we didn't plan solid, this. I, I thought one of you, I thought definitely at least Nate, uh, but I wanted to be Fastos, actually. Like, I would, like, the power really? of invention, like, to make, like, anything that I would want, like, I could make, like, like a super simple ice cream machine, or I could make, like, a really good car, <laughs> or, like, you know, just a bunch of super handy, really useful devices, like, just to make my life easier. Um, yeah, just you can invent anything. I love how, well, I guess this is like my first go-to thought for the power is to have any drink I want. And Nate kind of mentioned that. And then TJ's first thing is like, I could invent a great yeah. ice cream machine. <laughs> like yeah, Everything we think about is just centered around food. It's I true. love Christian, it. Christian is going to be, for, if any of us got superpowers, Christian would be the hero and I would be the self-indulgent one. <laughs> it's like, might as well make some ice hey, cream. I'm going to be... With Icarus's powers, you know I'm flying to McDonald's. That's that's true. For all our fans that are foodies out there, let us uh, yeah, know. Let us know uh, which uh, which Eternal's power you would have, and you don't have to necessarily be a hero. Like, just if you could take any of them, which one would you choose? Yeah, see, 
to be honest, like, I kind of blinked about Fastos because I'm like, wait, there's like nine or ten of them. And I'm like, ah, but I don't know. I, I could have sworn because I don't know. I also thought of like waterbending when yeah. I also thought of Cersei. But that was like another thing. Ooh. But, but yeah, I guess uh, unplanned, we all had different ideas. Nice. Hey, but we, we it was out of ten chance. That's so good. That's good. Good we variety. We chose something different. But yes, that is our opening question for this week. And it's time to, to move on to revealing the quote from last week's that was episode. Sick. I, I remember I'll, this time I'll, I'll I'm back in the game, but uh, that quote was. I was going to say you you have I no know, obligation but, but to it's, remember. It's, it's he did remember this, this There's no stakes now. Um, that quote is from Pirates of the Caribbean: "Curse of the Black Pearl." Uh, it's the scene when uh, Elizabeth and Jack get marooned on the island by Barbosa and the ship, and she's on the edge. They take the dress back, and then she doesn't want to jump into the water. And the big like uh, the big strong first mate is like too long and then he hits it down connecting to Worst. the long halloween that it was just too long our topic <laughs> last week uh i feel like that was maybe a little bit of a stretch on our part on the connection but it worked and tj remembered so maybe i'm wrong good. maybe it wasn't that big of a, a a big of a reach and you know Sometimes the connections, you know, sometimes they're deep, sometimes they're not. <laughs> yeah, you surface know, level. Basically sometimes. the whole thing, and that was just the word long. <laughs> just the so, word long. You get, you get all kinds of connections yeah, here. Quotes and stuff. Oh, yeah. But with that, we're going to play the quote Let's get for it. this week. <laughs> what are you doing? Giving you your reward. Your eternal reward. All right. That is the quote for this week. We'll play it once again at the end of the podcast and reveal it at the beginning of the next episode. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, if you can guess it, send us a DM or a message through email, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want. And we'll give you a shout out on the next one if you, if you get it before, before we re re reveal it next episode. But with that, we're going to move on to talking about the news for this week. Starting us off, we got another trailer for, I guess, a, a full-length trailer for the Morbius movie that is set to come out January of this next year. It looked good. And it had been a little while since since we received a, a trailer from these guys. But yeah, I agree with TJ. I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. I think this is going to be an, an underrated film, I want to say. I don't, I don't think a lot of people know about it um, or know really of Michael Morbius as a character. They're kind of like, wait, who is this guy, Venom? Obviously, kind of from this, or may or may not, you know, be from this same universe, but he's a lot more recognizable character, right? Because he's in Spider-Man. Michael Morbius also in Spider-Man, but I don't think as quite as big of a role. But I'm really excited for for this, and it looks a little freaky, but not like so freaky that I'll, I'll be too scared to see it. Right? I'll definitely go check it out. See, I kind of had a uh, opposite thoughts. I d I didn't love this trailer that much. I really don't know, like. With Venom, you know the vibe that you're getting, but with this, you don't exactly know the vibe. And so, like, I don't know. There was some That's line fair. in there that I'm like, oh, this is kind of cheesy. And, like, compared I don't to know, Venom? Maybe I'm just, I don't know, maybe I'm just kind of already over this whole anti-hero vibe. <laughs> and, like, I know, like, we like we discussed Book of Boba Fett, kind of an anti-hero, Venom, anti-hero. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just already hitting fatigue on the anti-hero. But uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I feel like this is... I don't know. I, I don't have high expectations of this is what I'm saying. Okay. And okay. I don't know, much, much like the Venom movies, I, I don't see this having too much potential, but that's mm. just kind of me right now. See, okay. that's where okay. I, I, I agree. Can. I'm also, I mean, I've been off the anti-hero train for a long time. Um, the sad part is, is like Morbius, like to me, of all the anti-hero movies we've had, he's like a legit anti-hero. Like when he was like created kind of thing, he was kind of this tortured character who was you know, just trying to, to heal himself and to heal other people and then kind of is thrust into this thing where he's, he's bad, but then he also has these powers to maybe use for good. Whereas, like, all the other anti-heroes we've gotten, like, like, um, like the Mandarin or, like, even Venom to some extent, they're usually just bad. They're just bad. <laughs> or, or and honestly, in Venom's case, he was just good. Like, yeah. remember, he would only eat bad guys or only kill bad guys. Where in this one in the trailer you, you see Venom or excuse me you see Morbius attacking dudes just on the on that that uh, right. freight boat and they're probably not bad guys they're probably just they're just dead dudes. <laughs> or he like he's attacking you know the one like nurse or 
I mean, obviously there's a lot that could happen and we could watch the movie and we're like, oh, actually those guys are bad, but it looks like a couple of these people might just be good. So he really would have more of that anti-hero feel than Venom, who's only eaten bad guys, you know? Right. I do got to say, though, I do think he looks as Morbius. It's it, yeah. it's done pretty well and pretty, uh, yep. not, not exactly like the comics, but a pretty realistic version of Mo- Morbius, which I think is it pretty good. It kind of looks like he's like the yeah, Hulk a little bit. Like he's going to, like, he has to control it. And if he can't control it, then he eats people, uh, anybody kind of thing. But if he can get it under or, control, then he can, like, you know, be a good guy. So I think that'll be interesting. I think Jared Leto will be solid in this role. Um, I think, I mean, he, I think he's, he's got some talent and we really didn't get to see the full, his full talent. Like when he was in Suicide <laughs> Squad and, and was playing the Joker, right? We only saw a little bit of it, uh, though I, I, everyone's, you know, screaming for the, the air cut now. Um, I got not, not everyone, but some people <laughs> I really would love Give to the see the, what the Suicide Squad air cut. But uh, I think he'll do, Jared Little, I think he'll do a solid job uh, on this role. The other thing I was going to say is, yeah, I do think, obviously we have the Venom reference in this. I think this is in the same universe as Venom, but after Venom 2, Venom's also, I guess, spoiler alert for Venom, also in the MCU now, so maybe Venom's gone from that universe. But uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is I'm 100% guaranteed that what we see of Michael Keaton in the trailer is all yeah. that we're going to see in the movie. <laughs> like, I think this is... Like, Probably. this is one of those things I'm just going to call right now. He's going to be in this movie for about yeah. maybe two minutes. Yeah. If that. Yeah, maybe maybe just one minute. Maybe it'll it'll just literally be like them talking, and then he says that line, and it'll just be like, Still oh, more it. than abomination. They're just kind of setting us up there. <laughs> for real. Yeah. Moving on, though. Uh, it's been announced back in the vein of uh, Chris Pratt voicing more, more uh, animated characters Chris Pratt has been announced to voice Garfield in the upcoming new animated Sticking movie. Over Bill Murray. Chris Pratt. Ooh. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. He's, he's taking over Bill Murray. He's just doing everything, though, right? I mean, he's going to be doing, you know, Mario. And then, like, he was in all those different Lego movies. Yeah. And there was a couple others that he's done voice acting in as well. So he's just, he's really uh, taking over the, the voice actor uh, world. So Persona. Yeah, he's first the man actor for it. to get three different Legos um, uh, created on characters that he played. So, oh, about whoa. that? Fun fact. Speaking of the Mario movie, it's been uh, rumored that from this animated Mario movie that there is going to be a Donkey Kong spinoff movie with uh, Seth Rogen continuing to voice Donkey Kong. You, it's the video this game. Is, this is what gets me. There's there's so many <laughs> there's so many spinoffs of spinoffs of things that aren't that big and it's like wait we haven't even done the mario movie yet you know so it's just like oh my goodness people are just i think that they're jumping the gun on on some of these other movies but if if mario makes enough money i know for a fact that there's going to be a cut scene in the end and we're going to get smash bros in like 10 years if not sooner (laughs) (laughs) really calling for that smash bros universe but I don't know. I think Nintendo is very, very uh, controlling with letting uh, their properties be made to any any some sort of movie or spinoff because uh, the and the 1990s Mario live action Mario movie kind of scarred them for life. So Nintendo is very <laughs> tricky and in the past as as brought up, especially with other filmmakers that have tried to do things with Mar- um, uh, Nintendo properties. They've also been very difficult to work with. So if uh, this Mario movie can be a success, hopefully that leads into more properties of Nintendo being made into to TV shows or live action movies because I think they have a lot of IP that could be interesting yeah. as like film series or things like right. that. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. Moving forward, uh, it's been announced that Daniel Day Kim has been cast as Fire Lord Ozai in the upcoming Avatar The Last Airbender Netflix series. Good, good. We've Any news on Avatar the live action is, is good news. Not that it really tells us a ton, but I'm just excited to see it because it's got to be better than the last live action avatar so that's all i gotta say about that <laughs> well it sure it sure can't be worse no if it is that'll be uh that'll actually be i think that deserves a job yeah. well done <laughs> you gotta give them money just for being able to do that so so it's so poor that we have to give them a good job because no one thought they could do something so poor <laughs> uh, anyways a little bit of news uh spider-man no way home finally got its poster released uh just very quick, very, that's, you know, set to come out in a month. 
uh, continuing on, it has been, uh, I guess we got another trailer this week. We got, I guess I shouldn't say trailer. It's more also like a teaser, but a a much longer teaser than the last teaser. We got a a teaser for Stranger Things season four that kind of showed more of a little bit of the story going on. Yeah. The other one was like a pre pre teaser. Now we have like, no, we got like at at one point we got a pre pre teaser. Then last, the last one was a pre teaser and this is now a real teaser. Um, why don't they just give us like not a teaser? Like how about they just give us a full <laughs> two and a half minute trailer? Come on. Yeah. Trailer would be nice. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I also think, I think they're going to, they're going to fail. Like I really, I think this is the end of stranger things. Oh, um, I think people are going to love it. This is the end for you, my master. Um, but that's a discussion for another time. It's the hype is just going to die down. It's, it's too far out. It's coming out next year. So I just think that the, the hype will, will have died down. I mean, it's already been like three years what, yeah. or something like that or two, two years, yes. me three years. So, so uh, uh, yeah, it, we got not an official release date, but it said uh, it's been announced. It's going to release summer of 2022. So it would have been three years since the last season. Yeah. Kids too are going to be dead by the time. Too long. It's there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, our last bit of news, which is actually kind of, I think, a little bit funny bit of news, uh, as we've talked about before on the podcast, and it's more well known as uh, in the Fast and Furious, Vin Diesel and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson have beef. That's why uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson didn't appear in F9 and went to do Hobbs and Shaw instead and kind of made an announcement. He's like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this main fast saga thing. But Vin Diesel took to Instagram to uh, officially ask Dwayne The Rock Johnson to come back for Fast 10 to try to get the, the, the family back together again. Family. <laughs> you don't turn your back on family. I think. <laughs> I, I thought it was uh, the only uh, it, part that I'm worried about is I'm pretty sure in it he says, like, I want my little brother to come back kind of idea. And I don't yeah. know how The Rock's going to feel about being called the little brother. <laughs> well, uh, here, here's the thing. Vin Diesel is older than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That is don't true. That. But the, the Rock is just like, he's not the type of dude that wants to be a little brother. Yeah. You know? He thinks he's the biggest, baddest dude on the planet. He thinks he's The Rock, you know, the coolest dude ever. Um, so I think it's so funny that Vin Diesel's kind of little brother in him. And then he's like... Or he basically is just is like kind of like calling him out, right? He's like, I hope that you rise to the occasion and fulfill your destiny. <laughs> it's just he literally said that. It's just so so yeah. cheesy. He's like, This is what you're supposed to do. No one else can play hops. Like, you gotta fulfill your destiny. So honestly, I love it just because Ben Diesel's like my favorite now ever since all the family stuff, just because he loves family and he like can, he cannot be beaten. I'm like not even James Bond or Jason Bourne can beat him. So Nothing he's my favorite now. <laughs> yeah, I'm ra- I'm running with Ben Diesel till his death, all the way. Yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see for uh, the Rock Dwayne the Rock Johnson's response. But you know, I think this would be really funny if this entire time, uh, this whole beef off camera has been a publicity stunt. So that Fast 10 is a really even bigger movie that they faked all the drama. They faked all the hate just so that Fast 10 could be like the biggest movie at all time. I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah, that would be funny. Family. (laughs) Oh, man. But yes, that wraps up our news for this week. And uh, based off our opening question, which is very on the nose, uh, our topic for this week, which uh, we're now about to dive into, is we watched the... Most recent Marvel movie, The Eternals. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you guys are thinking, uh, obviously, because whenever we, we jump on these shows, we really don't talk about our topic until time of, right? But uh, for, for me, uh, I remember Nate talking about this a while back. He's like, oh, I think, I think Eternals will be kind of the first Marvel film to flop. And I think Marvel really put in a strong effort to not make that happen. They were advertising this like it's going out of style. And because they're really just trying to, you know, progress the Marvel universe and and build it out. Um, So I went in with low expectations being like, "Eh, I don't think it'll be that good. And I think my low expectations were, were met. It was very, very middle of the road middle of the pack movie for me overall yeah for me it was um Um, uh, for me it was shang chi all over again basically i felt there was a (laughs) lot of bait and switching with the with the previews uh 
I felt the first half, I actually really liked the first half. Um, and then the second half I just felt like was just kind of flopped. Um, and the difference was similar to Christian. I had, I had lower expectations for, uh, for this movie than I did for Shang-Chi. So when it was, you know, very average, a little below average, I would say I was like, okay, yeah, this is what I was expecting. So I know. So I would like to say that I would think I was wrong in my bold prediction because mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be a flop. But uh, I would say I wouldn't call this a flop. It's also doing well at the box office currently as of this recording. But something I don't know, unlike I, I have a, a little different opinion than you guys. Like unlike, I guess, like Shang-Chi, I really had no idea what to expect from this movie. Because even though we got trailers, it was still kind of like, I have no idea what's going on. And so, honestly, I came into this movie pretty blind. I'm like, I have no idea what to expect. But I, I guess my, my initial reaction, I would say it's definitely the strangest Marvel movie that I've ever seen. And I wouldn't say like weird or bad, but just strangest. Even, and like, I know there's a guy named Dr. Strange in uh, the Marvel Universe. Dang, still, I, I was going to say the something strangest about that. Marvel movie. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, even stranger than Dr. Strange. <laughs> but you beat well, me to I it. I think, that, at least for me, the thing that is the... Well, not the the hardest part, but probably just a very concerning thing is the whole trailer is like, you know, it's like the deviants are the bad guys. And then you see at the like at the end or in the middle of the trailer, like this kind of really creepy looking bad guy who's, you know, holding up Angelina Jolie. And you're like, oh, that guy looks really bad. Um, He's in the movie for approximately four minutes of screen time. And he really contributes nothing um, to the overall story. And he's supposed to be in the comics. His name is Crow. He's like actually a super bad deviant. He's kind of one of their big, big uh, like enemies, nemesis. Dude gets, dude gets wasted super fast. And it was just, it just hurt. It just hurt to know that he wasn't yeah. quote, the bad guy and that his whole cool thing was a waste. I will say that that was disappointing. I was hoping that he was going to, not going to lie, kill Angelina Jolie, kill Thena, take her powers, and then he would be this, I don't know, uh, this big time character in the next film, right? Because I knew we hadn't seen a lot of him. And I mean, we kind of understood his purpose and why he was doing why he was what he was doing. But we obviously only learned that after he killed Gilgamesh and took his power. But yeah, I was really hoping we'd we'd get more of this guy in, in in a second Eternals film or somewhere in the MCU. So I was a little disappointed with that, but I can echo what TJ saying where there was that little bit of a bait and switch where we, we were led to believe one thing in the trailers. And I know trailers are doing this all the time now, but this is, I feel like a little more bait and switch than I'm wanting as a, as a viewer. I'm wanting to go into something kind of getting a general idea, at least for Marvel, a general idea of who kind of the bad guy is. Um, and who the good guys are. And that wasn't quite the case uh, for this, or, or even if they do switch it, I, I don't know. It just needs to be a little more, a little more captivating or, or maybe a surprise switch. And I didn't really get either of those things uh, in the Eternals. I don't know. I kind of, to be honest, because I didn't know what to expect. And also because the tone of this movie, I thought was very, very different. I wasn't really too bothered by the deviants. Because I didn't feel like they really dedicated much story time to them anyway. Yeah, they were, that's and, true. Yeah, and the the biggest thing I would say about this movie, or one of the things I would say, it's it's a very morally gray movie in the sense it's kind of gives you it, it plays with the ideas of what's really right and what's really wrong, and like what really matters more, like saving a billion lives, or it's like saving like yeah, saving a billions of lives on one planet, or letting them all die so that like trillions more planets can uh be created created, and people live on those and so it plays kind of this idea of almost like what is the right choice out of like two choices of good and evil because there's not i don't know it's there's kind of a good and evil but it's very very morally gray and i guess overall going back to the tone of this movie i felt like this movie was the least marvel movie out of all the marvel movies like in a sense like, yeah, because I didn't feel like a lot of times there's these Marvel tropes that you can kind of rely on when you see a Marvel movie or say, I think especially since phase three, there's a lot of things that you're like, okay, this, these are things that have to happen in the Marvel, in a Marvel movie. But with this, I kind of felt like 
it was the most different and unique in the sense that they were trying new things. And while most of those things I felt like didn't work, they tried new things and they didn't just stick to the standard Marvel things. Cause that was something I think I noticed in this, like I didn't feel like it was too quippy. And that's something that like I've come to kind of get annoyed by in Marvel movies in the sense it's like, okay, here's this joke in like this big intense moment and it kind of ruins <laughs> the moment a bit. I felt like this almost kind of like, almost kind of was very, very somber all throughout. Like one yeah. of the things I definitely noticed while watching, I'm like, so many people cry in this movie. Like, it's kind of funny. Like I was just thinking, I'm like, you could just make a montage of all the people that cry in this movie. Cause it's like, like every 20 minutes, somebody, you know, like sheds a few tears or something, but just kind of overall, like I didn't really get a Marvel vibe from it, which was something I did enjoy. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm in the middle of a standard typical Marvel movie. I kind of felt like I'm kind of in a different place. I'm like, I'm not sure if I really like it, but it's something different, which is something I have to give respect for. I don't know. I felt it was very Marvel-y. There were a lot of quips that I felt were made. And like, there was the classic, like, goofy guy that they was part on the team who was never could be serious. There was a lot of like, oh, you're, you know, what's never saved the earth, your sarcasm, like the stuff we saw in the trailers and, and little things as well. It was a little bit more serious, I guess, but I got, again, I got a lot of Shang-Chi vibes because there was flashback after flashback after flashback in this movie, um, which, you know, Marvel actually really doesn't do. Uh, they don't really do that flashback thing, but they've done it with these last two movies. Um, in this one, I, it didn't feel as bad as I feel like Shang-Chi was a little bit, but then it eventually got yeah. excessive as well, where I'm like, Hey, like we need some continuity kind of thing. Like we can't just be jumping in and out of different times for you to explain what you want to explain, um, where every character has a flashback, you know, it's like, just gets a little confusing. Yeah, no, that's something I would definitely say is the runtime did not need no. to be two and a half hours. Like that that's the thing for me is like most of those flashbacks we get in the first i don't know like 40 minutes to like an hour i feel like you could almost cut all of them and the effect would still be the same like you maybe keep maybe one or two things but i agree that there was a lot of flashbacking and almost just a lot of exposition that did not need to be there and i'm just like this is just kind of adding on to the runtime that's the thing with a lot of movies nowadays and really the past movies that we've reviewed that have come out They've all been extremely long and I don't mind long movies. However, if you're going to do a long movie, you have to have it be pretty captivating, right? Or else the viewers are going to lose interest after a while, right? I think of like Infinity War, one of you know my favorite movies ever, top five movie. Um, it, it was just, it was truly like just enchanting and you were just drawn into it with every every moment. Now, obviously that was like, the best of the best right <laughs> for uh for a movie <laughs> and it was like kind of the crown you know culminating event of the mcu at the time um so they can't do that for every movie and that, that's okay but just don't make it two and a half or two almost three hours of, of movie and because i mean there was there was uh, quite a bit of this that that i that i enjoyed but you know, yeah, we don't need to do all these flashbacks like TJ was mentioning. Um, yeah, some of the exposition you probably could have cut out and, and the story would have would have come across just the same. But I'm, I'm giving these longer movies a hard time because they really don't need to be this long unless they're truly captivating. And I think along with that, that goes place to just, I felt the action was so weak in this movie. <laughs> so weak. So um, weak. Uh, like, you know, you started <laughs> off uh, first scene, you know, uh, the kind of big battle diff with deviance. And I'm like, okay, that's expected. But then you didn't see yeah, you a start strong until like, I want to say like 60% into the movie where they fight deviates again. And I actually really liked that scene. I, I thought there was like, it was really intense. The one, the one in the forest. The one in the forest right. is what you're referring to. I felt it was, it was a good scene. Yes. That was there a good were scene. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And so then, you know, I thought there was going to be maybe a, a big battle with deviants. Now this, we have this crow, like advanced deviant, super powerful at the end. And then instead it was Athena and crow kind of like dodging. And then Athena kills crow, or Athena kills crow super fast. And then the quote fight with Icarus, th there's no fight. They just, he blows them away and then he gets trapped for like 10 minutes and then he goes and cries. And 
I'm just like, it was, it was so anticlimactic. Like there was no stakes. There was nothing to be worried about. And there was no fighting. It was just, people just were chilling. And I'm like, I'm bored. I, I can, I feel like there was some fighting at the end. Um, maybe more so than, than TJ uh, agrees to. I thought there, I thought it was actually um, decent at the end when Icarus is fighting some of the other Eternals and, you know, going to, to try and stop Cersei to, you know, let the earth be destroyed and everything like that. Um, but maybe it was a, a little too late for me in it. I was hoping for more action sequences like the one in the middle of the movie, which was a, a stellar, stellar sequence. It actually, it lasted a really long time with the deviants when they're going to find Druig. Um, I think in, you know, Mexico City area or, or South America, you know, yeah, somewhere I, in there. I, I think it was Amazon was where it said it was at. Oh, it was the Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just remember it was like close where the Aztecs were or something like that. So I really, I really enjoyed that. I was hoping for, for more of those scenes, but yeah, that action sequence at the end was uh, a little, a little lackluster, but I, I think I still in, enjoyed it more at least than, than TJ did. Cause at least Icarus got I to just, go, uh, fight all of them at, at one time. Spoiler alert. Icarus is quote unquote bad ish and he's not he's not totally with i just i just laughed when so. you know they're all fighting icarus and then all of a sudden just crow comes up out of the water i was like <laughs> i'm, I'm like, like come on real. come on yeah i was actually I, i'm like wait what's what's crow trying to trying to even do right now i'm like what's what's he going for here because it was kind of weird because it's like he's gonna try and fight the eternal steal their powers but at the same time he didn't want earth destroyed just like the eternals so it was like this love I, triangle I think it's more of action a, it was his debate of it's like the reason you exist is to kill me or to kill me and my species and so i'm just gonna it's it the the roles have switched so he's like i'm just going to hunt you down now yeah yeah so yeah. that i never have to worry about being a threat to my species and then they're originally created to basically kill apex predators yes. until they became an apex predator I did want to point that out. I'm like, you don't hear Apex Predator often because I know we talked about this in our Godzilla that's, that's and Wonder Woman episode. That's all I was thinking about was Wonder <laughs> Woman like, and Cheetah. <laughs> I want to be an Apex You're Predator. Like, oh. oh, that was so cringy. Like, she's like, I want to be an Apex Predator. <laughs> Next scene, she's Crow. This was not what I meant. <laughs> um, and then just one He's more so thing, funny. I guess, maybe with um, just overall story. Um, it was just so sad that like from the very beginning of the movie, you knew Icarus was bad because in the previews, it was like seven days yes. till the emergence. It's like, well, he was the last one to see Ajax. Um, hmm. I wonder what happened. And so see, I'll keep, keep going. I have some, yeah, to well, it, just, it was just, it's just a little disappointing. You know, it's just kind of like the quote, big reveal is yeah. not that big. We all kind of knew, well, we kind of even knew it from the trailers. We're like, there's something off about this guy. And you knew he was going to be bad. Okay, so. you, you guys picked it up then before me. I was just like, hmm, where's that one scene where Icarus is talking with, um, is talking with Ajax? I'm like, did they like cut that out of the movie? Or they yeah, were they just pulling a fast one on us in the trailer like they always do with, with Star Wars and with other Marvel things? So I thought that's what they were doing. I'm like, oh, they just oh. cut that out. So you guys were smarter than me. And you're like, nope, Icarus is bad. <laughs> Yeah, and see, that was just, like, the vibe I got was, like, Superman turned evil, and that's kind of what it was still, I guess, semi-twisting in the end that I guess he wasn't, I, wasn't, I wouldn't say he's truly evil. He was just a conflicted hero, made some bad choices, and then in the end still makes the good choice, but then also just, uh, spoiler alert, commit suicide at the end. But does he, though? I hope not. I, because he was you know, actually, is he, he's is my he, favorite I character. I felt like... He was he my, the, really. He was my favorite. Yeah, he as just well. had the most. Like he had charm, but he was like super cool. But then he also, I felt like he had character development. I didn't feel like any yeah, of the others internal did conflict. You know? Definitely not Cersei. And I know she's supposed to be the main character, but I'm like, what really? did you learn? Like at the end, where she's like talking with Sprite, and it's like, like this isn't you. And she's like, maybe I've changed. And I'm like, wait, what? Where where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> well. I, I will say she did learn uh, when she be, you know, she be, she is this eternal and then she kind of takes the place of Ajax. She has like kind of the choice to be like, oh, well, I could just let this happen or, or not. And I'm not going to. So there was like that whole or, ordeal. So there was some like 
uh, maybe not. I don't even know if that's considered growth, but she had a, at least some some choice. But I I do just going back to Icarus. I don't know if they are going to actually kill him. I think just because he was such a crucial character in this, and I think he was probably a pretty likable character. I think they're going to kind of lead us to believe that he quote unquote died. But he, I think he flew into the sun. Remember I talked about like at the very beginning, like the first sun and the kind of the creation, right? Maybe that was quote unquote, the first sun that he flew uh, into, but maybe ultimately it like gets him more power. I don't know, but I don't think they, they totally killed him off. I don't know. Uh, see for me, like the, the Icarus in this movie is like Kylo Ren in star Wars in the sense where it's like, <laughs> I enjoyed some parts of them, but overall, like, I don't feel the way that I think they were going towards uh, in the end of this film. And so, I don't know. I, I, I had mixed feelings about Icarus. I was, I was actually kind of cheering for him. I don't know why. Because I'm like, cheering for him is like cheering to destroy Earth, yeah. basically. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe just because I, I really liked his, I liked his character. I'm like, come on, Icarus kill these fools like you know what's up you're you're trusting um you're trusting the great celestial whose name i can't remember arda Ashery. arda what's his name asher how do you say it? it starts no are you sure it's ash it's not, it's, it's, i don't think that's how you pronounce it yeah that's how it's pronounced erishim 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 yes i'm like um I, I was like okay yeah you're doing erishim's what erishim wants you to do so like yeah i mean i i'm not in favor of blowing up the planet but i was still just kind of like there to see Icarus uh, win and take on the full Eternals. Also, he definitely was holding back some of his powers previously fighting the the Deviants because he couldn't be the Deviants then, but then was taking on all the Eternals at once at the end. So he was definitely holding back at the beginning. Right. I don't know. I I guess if we're talking about characters, like yeah, I know I had mixed feelings about Icarus. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed most of the characters. The only two characters I really did not like were. Uh, I didn't really like Ajax because I'm just like, you're kind of just a bundle of exposition. And then I wasn't, <laughs> and then I wasn't, a funny uh, wasn't really a fan of Sprite at all. I found Sprite pretty annoying, okay. to be honest. Here, here's actually something that I had a big issue with. And maybe this is just Eternals in general, because I don't know the comics super well. Um, half the Eternals are useless. <laughs> Sprite, Sprite Explain, is elaborate. literally useless. What's her job? Yeah, Sprite, Sprite is Sprite kind of useless. Droog, also literally useless because it's like wait what's the point of the aj or uh arishim is like i need you to send here to go kill deviants uh what can sprite do make images control deviants minds and what they're not supposed to control people interfere. can people kill the deviants no um and then so it's like <laughs> that festus is like okay yeah like you, you can make like cool uh gadgets i guess to help Ajax, she can't kill anybody. Weaponry. She's just there to keep everybody else alive, basically. She, she's the medic of and the so Eternals. Really, um, <laughs> and then, what's her name? Cersei also actually never does anything in a fight. All she does is just run away and, like, protect, you know? The only time she does... Well, okay, yeah, that, that was her first one, time. Uh, like, into for the centuries that they'd been killing deviates, you, that was the only time she actually, like, contributed. <laughs> and so... So there's... There's a difference, though. Remember, there's the, quote, thinker deviants and then the fighter, or excuse me, not deviants, thinker eternals Eternals. and the fighter fighter eternals. And the thinker ones were on the ship, and the fighter ones were the ones that were on the earth kind of taking care of the deviants. So, like, the thinkers and the helpers, they were, like, supporting the fighters in the purpose of killing the deviants, though they didn't do the actual killing. So I I can see what they were doing there with that. Yeah, and I guess it's like if their purpose is their purpose is to destroy the deviants and protect humanity in the process against those deviants, and so it's like you can't have everyone fighting the deviants. You do need you do need the backup support, like Christian was but saying. Do you? But yeah, I'm like, I, I really just vibe. felt like Sprite <laughs> was useless for everything. The only reason you needed Droog was so that you could, in the second half of the movie, be like, "Oh, we need someone to put him to sleep," because they're just. <laughs> just like mantis like mantis and thanos i can get what you're saying though druid did seem mm, like his his whole power would be a little useless with the whole purpose that they're trying to achieve and and sprite was really just a she was a, a storyteller overall but i think they were i don't know you know some some eternals were more important yeah. than others right and so you Much gotta have the, <laughs> the runs of the litter but i actually <laughs> I, I really enjoyed uh, Kingo in this. Oh, okay. Uh, I did yeah, too. Yeah, that was another I, thing that pissed me off about the I ending. Normally, Sorry, keep going. 
Oh, okay. I, I, I just want to say, cause I feel like sometimes that humor is a little bit like forced and, you know, Nate, you were talking about things being too quippy. Right. And you didn't necessarily get that in this teacher. Like, Oh no, I got some of that. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Is am I saying that right? Kingo? I yeah, can't Kingo. remember how they were. Yeah. It's, it, it's Kingo. Kingo. Okay. I, I thought he was really funny and it was like a different type of humor than I thought we were used to seeing in some of the Marvel, uh, the Marvel movies. And I, I love how he's super powerful, right? He's one of the fighter eternals. And then basically after they go off, he's like, well, I'm going to be a, a movie star. And then he stars, you know, he literally, he's like, Oh, this is my great, great grandfather. This is my great grandfather. This is my, you know, and he's this famous movie star over all the years and very kind of, kind of egotistical, but I, I don't know. I really kind of enjoyed that aspect of it. He, uh, aside from Icarus, I thought he was my favorite character. So I enjoyed the humor aspect that he brought to it. And I don't know. I, I kind of felt like because this movie was uh, super, super somber, like he was a much needed, like, uh, I guess, Relief. fun element yeah. that was kind of uh, needed. And so, like, his humor, I think, works because of the, the tone. And it's like, you know, you know, there's a couple other characters kind of cracking jokes, but mostly he's, I guess, the main humor of the movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I also really liked his uh, agent slash yeah. butler guy. I thought <laughs> yeah, he was actually, uh, That guy was charming. Hilarious. He was charming. But I guess maybe what, TJ, I guess your, your frustration is how he kind of just bows out at the end because he's like, uh, I don't, because it's, he, he kind of has the philosophy where he's like, I will, like him, and he believes in Icarus for everything. So he's like, I'm going to follow you, but I'm not going to fight my friends to follow you. And so he kind of just pieces out, which I can see as being a frustration well, just, a little again, bit. Again, it kind of just goes back to a climax that I felt like was a bit of a letdown because, you know, what I really liked about the forest scene um, was this idea that like, okay, you know, we're fighting deviants again. Cool. Um, but we're separated and you realize that some of the Eternals are useless. Um, Sprite is useless. Droog is useless. And they're just going to die unless they get protected by the stronger Eternals. But now that Ajax dead, like the stronger Eternals are also kind of, uh, and and Athena has her um, mad uh, what is mind yeah, mad weary. weary mind weary mad weary yeah mad weary. mad weary and you're like oh shoot like they're kind of at a disadvantage a little bit and, like they're gonna have to work better so there was stakes and then you know Gilgamesh dies which was sad because I actually really liked uh, Gilgamesh but it was like it was really cool that they were yeah, willing to kill him off cool. like I'm like that's a big step like yeah and and I really liked him him and Thena's relationship was built up to a good point because he's like he's just protected her and watched over her, and then he died protecting her which was a good emotional right. moment yeah and then, but in the climax like Thena I don't feel like they resolved the mad um what is it not mad tear mad weary mad weary there it is mad weary, mad weary. I don't yeah They're just like <laughs> mad, mad, mad weary <laughs> I, it didn't quite get resolved and then, you know, one of the biggest hitters who's like super cool in this fight uh, in the forest, uh, Kingo, just isn't even there. And and then I <laughs> well, he, he was in there. Remember, he was shooting. He blew up. No, no, the, no I'm saying after the, the deviant, forest, like in the forest, he's such a baller. But end, in the climax, the oh, you know, I want to see okay. some like I'd like to see him maybe fight Icarus like, hey, I agree with what you're doing, but don't kill like my friends. And like, you know, they have a cool struggle or something like that. Um. I was hoping he was just going to take Icarus's side and then fight Maybe along that him. Too. Yeah, that Kinda would be like cool. Sprite was going. Um, uh, I thought that had been enjoyable, though. I can understand like why he kind of bowed out, and I didn't feel like it was. Too, I didn't. I didn't think it was like a huge cop out because I kind of see where where he was coming from. Because he's like, no, I'm following Icarus, but I I can't like kill my own brother and sisters. So, though apparently they don't die easy because Icarus blasted the crap out of Druk into the ground, and then Druk's like, I'm yeah. chilling. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? True. But I don't know, I, I guess, point on action, uh, comment on the action really quick is, I don't know, I really liked when uh, Makari, the speedster, okay, went up true. against that, that uh, part was really cool. Icarus. Yeah, and she that was, was pretty cool. See, that was, that was, oh yeah, and see, that was annoying with yeah, Crow, that was a, where Crow a solid was just part like, of that end sequence. <laughs> got her, you know, that was like, uh, um, <laughs> I think something else that really bothered me at the end was Sprite goes bad, and then afterwards it's like, ah, oh, it's all good. You know, you stabbed me in the back, tried to end the world, but we're, we're chill. We're chill now. No worries. It's yeah, just like, that's fair. I guess it was just really interesting because I felt in the first half, like they built up like the, the fun interactions they all had really well. Like I really liked the dynamic between all of them, especially when they were at Gilgamesh's place. And then when they went and got Droog, you know, Kingo, Droog sucks. <laughs> like, um, you know, it was just, <laughs> it, it really felt, it, it very, it felt a lot like a family kind of thing. But then, 
after the after the they forest did. scene, after Gilgamesh dies, it, it just fell apart. Like it didn't feel like any of them really had relationships anymore. It didn't feel like there was that kind of kind of that camaraderie and and then the story just wasn't fitting for me um and you know then people were useless and then somehow sprite is still you're totally fine and we're all we're all friends <laughs> and it's you know it's everybody's a good guy even the even the bad guy it was just it was just too much too much i will say yeah after that drug scene yeah i think that's where it kind of fell off for me because up until then i was actually enjoying it um pretty well despite maybe some of the lack of of action sequences until then and then uh, just more kind of building the story i was i was enjoying that but yeah after that i can kind of agree with tj where it just fell off and and didn't hold my hold my attention to where i was hoping it would see i i would say i'm more of the reverse i didn't really like the first half that much because i'm just like oh they're going to all the ancient wonders and i'm like this is kind of boring i don't know you to me the first half going, I felt was like, kind hey, of boring because i'm like i get that you live for centuries and for me, the second half was things when things started to get eye opening, like, and this is a comment I want to make is I really liked how they presented the Eternals. Cause like when you're in the presence of Erisham, yeah, you're like, wow, like true. in the scale the and size of how it, they presented I thought that was something really cool. Yes. 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 The yes. Celestials. Yes. I thought all the stuff with the Celestials and visually was super, super interesting and cool. And for me, like, and this is where you kind of get uh, the semi plot twist. And when the, the movie starts to shift is, and which is also, it's a, it's a change from the comics is like these Eternals are just basically synthetic beings that uh, get their memory wiped every time. And so the, this is like one earth is like one of uh, thousands of planets that they've helped to build a, a celestial from. And so that's why uh, it explains Thena has Mad Weary. But kind of like when you kind of get that revelation and like you kind of just see the massive scope of the Celestials, that's to me, that's I'm like, this is the interesting side. And where I don't I didn't really feel like it fell apart, but it kind of just it didn't do much with that knowledge and information. And I kind of guess the second half of how they kind of dive in to be like, we just need to stop the Celestial from being born. Like I felt like they could have done a lot more with that and made it a lot more interesting, but they kind of chose almost like a passive route that wasn't as fulfilling. But for me, that was the more stuff I was interested in seeing their relationship with the Celestials, like kind of basically everything in the cosmic uh, universe of Marvel. But I don't know, the first half, I'm like, I don't really care about what happened, what has happened on Earth. Like, yeah, you guys have already been in there and have influenced a lot of stuff. But to me, I didn't really find that really compelling. It was more for me having that celestial side and then seeing how the Eternals react to all of that and either come together or fall apart. But that's how I felt was, uh, it was kind of weak was their, their reaction to everything with the celestials and trying to stop it. Yeah. I'll agree with you with this celestial part of things. I thought visually they were phenomenal and they look very similar to, uh, to what's in the comics. Right. So I really like that feel. I'm excited to see more of them. You know, at the very end, when the celestial kind of comes and is peering over, over Earth and London, um, shout out to TJ London. Saw where um, I lived again. <laughs> I thought that was super cool and and, and a little intimidating. Now, obviously, if you're just like a human chilling in London, you're like, oh my gosh, what is this? Though I kind of felt like he's like, oh, you stopped the celestial from being born. So we're going to let you off the hook for right now. <laughs> That's what I kind of felt like. I'm like, wait, what? No. Like there has to be, I mean, I know there are going to be greater consequences in the future, but um, maybe I, I could have like, I don't know if they had just waited a little bit longer, waited to have some sort of consequence in the next movie and not just be like, Hey, like it's all good. I'll kill you guys in the next movie. Right. Uh, I was, I don't know, hoping for, for something uh, different it's, there, it's, I guess. It's very much an abrupt ending that's kind of cliffhangery, and so there's not really a resolution, which is yeah. kind of frustrating. And this is yeah. where it comes back. Exactly. To, I was oh, like, so wait, the movie's it. still going. No, I was just was being like, oh, yeah, I just kind of felt like the movie was still going, and then it just kind of, you know, ends. And but. this is where I got, you know, the, Shang, the Shang-Chi vibes, where it kind of felt like two different movies, where it was like, you know, all throughout they're building up. Who are the Eternals? What is their relationship kind of? with with people and their their purpose on earth kind of thing and the deviants you know the deviants are the bad guy and then after the after the forest scene after gilgamesh's death you know it's a 180 switch to the celestials and you know i do love the celestials i, I do get what you're saying they, that i think they are super cool and, and that part is you know a lot more intriguing i think but i wonder if that's the 
the issue with it though is like it's like again maybe two movies in one like maybe this first one you just focus on on the deviants or something uh, and there's not this maybe big eternal thing or celestial thing that then changes um because then the deviants are just you know side characters and and they really get wasted as like a as a major threat uh, but then in the second one, you make it about the Celestials and the Emergence coming, and maybe you have to fight other Eternals, and then you're infighting amongst yourselves, and then there's mm-hmm. that conflict, and then you stop Tiamat. Um, and so it just felt like, I think it was just, again, a little too much, a little too too big in scope, a little too bait and switchy, uh, and they just needed to focus on on one thing, like, are the Deviants the bad guys? Then great, let's stick there. And if they're not, then let's not make it as kind of long as the first half was to Nate's point. Yeah, I can, I feel you there, teacher. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, just one point I want, I want to mention a, a little bit away from t- what teacher was saying was uh, just another moment I really liked was Fastos reaction to the bombing of oh, Hiroshima. Interesting. Like that was one of the flashbacks I was tired like, of. I, I thought <laughs> I was like, like another flashback. <laughs> See, I don't know. See that one, I felt I felt more emotional impact on than the rest of the That's flashbacks. Because the other flashbacks, I'm like, you're just explaining what this is. But that one, I kind of felt like, okay, we get to. It felt if it, it, it added something to his character from where he's been. That I'm like, this is more important. And can have and had a little bit of emotional significance to me rather than the other flashbacks. I, I didn't really like this actor for Fastos. Like, and maybe it was just the character that I didn't like or something, but. He just, it felt a little bit, it just felt a little fake, if that makes sense. Like, it, I didn't feel like he was really, it didn't seem like he was super sad. It didn't seem like he was quite the geek that he was trying to portray to me. Um, and so that, it just kind of felt, his performance, I think the actor's performance was just a little lackluster for me. Like, I maybe would have liked it more if, of, instead uh-huh. of a flashback to Hiroshima, he just went off on Icarus and Cersei uh, being like, Hiroshima happened like I led to Hiroshima and like you see him kind of break down there rather than the flashback um I think they were just trying to bring in Ajax <laughs> as much as possible to be honest <laughs> yeah I think all I could think of was this dude in in Godzilla when he teams up with 11 oh, yeah. <laughs> uh Millie Bobby Brown that's all I could think of the entire time um sorry Nate you were gonna say something then I remembered my point but go for it no no you go for it so my thing was uh, I feel like every MCU movie, or at least, sorry, the past several MCU movies, they always have to make it like the, like this world ending event, right? It's like, oh, well, if Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, if we don't stop the creatures, the demons are released on the world and, and we're toast, you know? Or even like in, in Black Widow, we're like, well, if he gets all these these Black Widow soldiers and has mind control over all of them. World's toast. Now in this one, it's like, well, the world's toast of the Celestials being born. It's like, hey, can we like just take a like a little bit of a step back and not have everything be world ending, right? Let's save save some of those world ending, universe ending things. Let's, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Let's save those for for maybe some of the bigger uh, movies like an Infinity War type thing. I can get every once in a while too, but I don't know. I kind of like the the Ant Man's and the Spider Man's, where it's there's some bad stuff going on. There's some bad dudes, but they always have to make a world ending. And you can you can make a movie have high stakes without having it be world ending too. I think there's there might mm-hmm. be a little confusion sometimes for people that it's like oh well, there's no stakes if there's no world ending. No, you can still have it have be high stakes, but it doesn't have to be on a grand such a grand scale so that's one of the things i also can add beef with yeah no i can i can agree it's it can get a little annoying it's like uh mr incredible says he's like no matter how many times you save the world it keeps getting put in jeopardy <laughs> yeah. i just cleaned I just up cleaned this mess up this can mess. we keep it clean for, for 10 minutes no that's that's a really good point <laughs> Christian, right especially since like i know we remember when we were talking about shang chi we we're like oh like maybe like these creatures are going to play into like a larger creature like threat kind of thing yeah and that would have been cool like let's say like there's okay there's all these creatures they maybe can't take over the world maybe they can or something and then there's these deviants that also maybe are like really strong and like there's a bunch of them that are waiting to get loose and humanity can't deal with them now or or just like maybe they're going to get unleashed on a on a country or a city whatever um and then later down the road maybe you realize that there's a whole monster thing that all these things are spawning from and that's like a world ending I think Christian makes a really good point that 
if every single movie is world ending, um, you, you just, you, you lose the stakes like Iron Man one, Iron Man two and Iron Man three, Captain America one, Captain America two, Captain America three, uh, Thor. Uh, well, yeah, even Thor, um, Thor one, I guess Thor three to some extent. Anyways, what we're saying, there's a lot of small stakes movies and that was great. So that when Avengers came around, mm-hmm. you needed all of the people there. You needed all of Earth's Mightiest. Yeah. Heroes. We don't have that. When everyone's it's super, true. no <laughs> one is. You know what I'm saying? Another Incredibles quote. <laughs> we, we say that one a lot around yeah, here. Yeah, we do. It's, it's, oh, it's just so applicable. Anyways, I know, Nate, you, we, you've been meaning to say something here. But yeah, no, I guess I feel like this is a good time to transition to uh, the post credit scenes. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, so many people were excited when Harry Styles walked through the door. <laughs> See, I, I didn't know it was Harry Styles was going to be in this. So I'm like, oh, what's he doing here? But uh, this is where I think if you start to think about it, movie also yeah. kind of breaks down because it's like, oh, we have. Uh, so Harry Styles is Eros, Thanos is brother, who Thanos is an eternal. And you're like, so why did you guys do nothing when Thanos was here? Because Thanos was like eternal property. But uh, that was that. That's what. That's where you kind of. I guess you can make the the point where it's like, well, their memories got wiped and they don't know about other Eternals. But you're kind of like, that seems something you should have helped out with. But here's something that I saw uh, from from somebody that I thought was really interesting. It's like, you know, it kind of can add a. You know, you go back. I know it's kind of a meme, but Thanos did nothing mm-hmm. wrong. You know, it said that the emergence only happened because the Avengers snapped all the people back into life. So what if Thanos was really trying to balance the universe by stopping celestials being born? And so that's why he wanted to get rid of half the population. And so he's actually saving lives by taking lives away. <laughs> You're right. You're kind of right. right. I'm, telling you, I'm telling you guys, Thanos did nothing wrong. This proves the point even further. Um, yeah, that's, that's a super great thought. And I, I will say where there's some something that doesn't quite line up too. If they're like, Oh, well, Thanos is an eternal. My first, he looks very like different that. from I don't their like eternals, that. but, but maybe, you know, different eternals look different on different planets, right? They have to kind of match the but, people of the planet, but he's also like, they quote, he's quote the, the mad Titan. Right. And he had like a quote unquote father and, and family. And he's like, all oh, all these other people, family that like well, thought I yeah, was, he, the thought thing- I was going crazy. And he's now like a, he was quote unquote like a uh, eternal gone wrong or uh, a deviant that is now so, changing. I don't know. It just doesn't it, all seem to line up. The, see, the, so the, in the comics, Thanos is an eternal born with a deviant gene. Yeah. So that's why he looks the way he is and looks completely but different it's very from the rest different. of the okay, Eternals. That would, that would Thanos' own exposition is like, this is my planet. This was beautiful. This was, you know, my people kind of thing. So I, I don't like it when they retcon like that. Like, let's leave him, let's leave him. He was a good villain. Leave him as is. Also, why did the Celestials do anything if they're like, oh, well, we need all these, plan- we need these planets and all the people on them. Mm, Thanos is trying to take out all of them or half of them. That ain't going to fly. Let's go take yeah. them down, you know? <laughs> like, right? oh, maybe so, I should send I all these that just, Eternals it's kind that of backtra- I do. Like backtracking a little, they didn't plan for it, but whatever. They'll probably come up with some story to make it work. But right now, it's a little, not quite working. Not, I know there's the rumors about Harry Styles, and so we didn't quite mention it on this podcast just because they were more rumored and like, oh, yeah, he is or isn't. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Harry Styles. We'll just kind of how have to see how it plays. That just felt, mm-hmm. it's feeling so much just, that, uh, you know, a lot of pandering kind of thing just, just to make money. You know, Harry Styles is in a movie you suddenly increased your fan base by a couple million at least. Um, and oh, yeah. I just, I, I guess... To me, the Celestials seem like they're going to be a Thanos-level threat. Um, and so that's what... I did like the introduction of the Celestials into this. I think the Celestials, I think, were my favorite part of the movie. Um, and just like their presence and Same. everything. And so, um, you know, uh, Arishim's going to come back to Judge Earth kind of thing. Maybe we'll get a sort of Galactus kind of uh, idea. Uh, but I just... And- I really don't want... Um, I don't want this caught up in the multiverse, I guess you could say, or I don't want, I don't want one or the other to be only a small part of it. Cause both of them to me seem like huge threat. You got a multiverse, which we got to worry about King. And then you have Eternals and Celestials 
um, coming in from space. And those to me both seem like they need the Avengers and I don't want, you know, only one of them to get like an Ultron kind of thing, an age of Ultron thing where it's just a quick blip and then wasted. Yeah. This actually, um, speaking of, I guess, Celestials and Internals, uh, this kind of ties into Shang-Chi or some things I've seen that the rings are right, that's what I was thinking or celestial that. origin. I was thinking that. Nice. We were all thinking it. We're yeah. all geniuses. <laughs> but moving on, I guess. So that was a good point, Teach. But I want to move on down to the second post credit scene. And I know I haven't really talked about him at all, but I enjoyed Dane Whitman, uh, who's uh, he's going to be the Black Knight. I don't know. Yeah, I, I enjoyed too. his character in this. Me too. He's quick. He's like only in there for like 10 minutes, maybe. But his time on screen... That was enjoyable. I thought he did a pretty solid role uh, as, yeah, as Dane and, uh, or as, you know, as, excuse me, Kate Harrington did a good job as Dane in this role for the short time that he was in it. And we're going to see uh, now Black Knight. So I don't know much about Black Knight. I'll have to do some more research on him, but I think he could be a cool character. I really like Black Knight. He was, uh, that's just for all our listeners out there. I think he, he eventually does join the Avengers. His uncle which is you noticed like where Cersei's like, you should call your uncle, make up with him. His uncle is the original back Knight and he fights Iron Man and his uncle's a criminal kind of thing. But then he kind of takes um, the mantle, takes the ebony blade. That's the kind of dark blade at the end and, and ends up being a good guy. And, and I, I actually really like him. He's just, a, it's just a cool character kind of thing. I don't know where he's going to get his flying horse though. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that mystery voice at the end that speaks to him. That is actually the voice of Mahersha Ali, who is set to play Blade and in some time upcoming uh, Blade film. Uh, I don't know a ton about Blade because I'm not huge into the whole vampires of Marvel because I'm just like, I don't know, just not a giant fan. But there, there are comic runs where Black Knight and Blade kind of team up to defeat some... Uh, they, they're kind of on a team to, that fights against supernatural forces in uh, the Marvel comics. Hey, and now... We'll have maybe a, a connection to Morbius as well because he's a vampire and he could be in the MCU. Though I personally think he's in the Amazing Spider-Man universe and or the Venom universe. But with that being transferred over, we, maybe we could have uh, Morbius, a Blade, a Black Knight all together. But again, this is all very far in the future. Right. So. Um, shall we dive into ratings? Or yeah. I, I just have a really quick comment I want to make, but I guess, before we dive into ratings. Yeah. But you guys good with that? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so I guess my comment is, is I did, I enjoyed the themes of this movie. I enjoyed some kind of the, the questions that they asked, kind of like, I don't know, Drew, Drew was at a point where he's like, there's no, why do, why do we care so much about the deviants if we just see humans get slaughtered all the time? And they kind of have Fastos buy into that idea. But kind of just, I did enjoy the theme of it's like, humanity is worth it. You know, I kind of like how the Eternals, yeah. like, even though I didn't really like Ajax at all, kind of just kind of this idea of also kind of with Cersei, it's like, you know, you've come to like protect and love these people and care about these people so much that they're worth saving. And it's, I don't know, kind of a shout out to humanity that I don't know. I, I, I always enjoy seeing that where it's like, you know, there's something worth about life living on earth that's worth living. And so I did enjoy some of the, the themes and questions that was brought up throughout Eternals. There's good in this world, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> and it's worth fighting for. <laughs> okay. The All right. Ratings, uh, uh, yeah. I can start us off with the, with, with the ratings. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll start us off. I'm going to, I'll give it a, I'll give it like a 2.6 for me, uh, stars. Yeah. Just like I'd mentioned at the beginning, just kind of middle of the road. I think it had its, its ups and downs for me, parts I liked and then parts I disliked and that kind of all evened out to around that, that middle of the pack, uh, movie. And yeah, I'm not sure what their plans are with this. If they're going to do, you know, a, just a specific second Eternals film. Um, if they're going to be incorporating the Eternals into other aspects of the MCU, if they do, you know, so be it. And hopefully it can play out a little bit better, in my opinion, than this movie came uh, or this movie went overall. Yeah, I, I'm very similar. I'm going to give it same as my Shang-Chi rating, five, five out of ten. Um, I, I like I really liked some of the themes and kind of like some of the moral ambiguity. I liked the kind of family dynamic they had. I really liked some of the characters. Um, I just don't think they quite pulled it off. I think some story, some thematic elements, just, and then maybe some acting too. And then just maybe just the movie itself, like too long, a lot of stuff, a lot of fluff that wasn't necessary. I think, uh, I think it could have been something really, really good. Um, that would have gotten me really excited. Uh, though, to be honest, I kind of feel like this was a movie that they should have introduced 
in the next big phase kind of thing, you know, like this feels a little out of place with everything else that we've gotten so far from the MCU. Um, just very not having to do with the Avengers, very much more outer space rather than kind of a multiverse or like a Shang-Chi on earth kind of thing. So, um, but I would watch it, but, but I, I wouldn't go in with high expectations for me. I'm going to give it a probably because the thing is like, there was a lot of times where like, I'm, I'm like, I was like, what the heck is going on here? It was kind of like so flashy and kind of crazy that I was a little bit confused. And, you know, it was a long movie, but overall, like I did enjoy, I enjoyed some characters There's some characters. I'm like, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them again. Some characters that I enjoyed um, visually. I really, I think it's, it looks visually really good. Like I said, I really like how the celestials look. And that's another thing I don't really think we're, I know TJ mentioned that, oh yeah, there's powers that are useless in fighting. But overall, I think how they presented their powers and like overall as superpowers, like I enjoyed seeing them and I thought they looked visually compelling. And so I enjoyed their powers because, you know, like our opening question, which was about their powers. I'm like, yeah, you have a good variety to choose from. And then, you know, like I like TJ said, I also enjoyed the themes. I thought there was interesting themes. And I also just enjoyed that I didn't feel like I was watching a standard Marvel movie. It did feel different and new, which was good. But like TJ said, I feel like it lacks on the story. There's not really a resolution. There's some things that don't really make sense and don't really work. And so that's why mine is a probably. But if I, if I had to say anything about this movie, like I would watch it once and then I'm probably never going to watch it again. It's just... The big thing is like, it's just kind of a filler movie. It's a filler yeah. movie to set up so much more in the MCU and kind of it ups the scale in a lot of ways. But like TJ said, I don't know if we needed that to up that scale right now because we already have the, the multiverse and everything going on with that. But it's kind of a filler movie to introduce more characters so that they can have more spinoffs and plot lines. And it's not, it's not really too necessary. Yep. You nailed it. Enough said. Good old Stanley. But, uh, with that, shall we play the quote one once last more time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <At> last. <laughs> what are you doing? Giving you your reward. Your eternal reward. And there we have it. All right, that's the quote again, and that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate all you listeners out there. If you want a chance to get a shout out on our podcast, podcast you can do that by following us on Instagram and Twitter at Quotes and Stuff Pod. Uh, send us a DM uh, tr trying to guess the quote correctly, and if you do guess the quote correctly, we'll give you a shout out. If you want a chance to reach out to the show, you can do that through email. That's at quotesandstuffpod at gmail.com with suggestions or any of your thoughts about the things we talk about. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening, and Adios. we'll see you next time. Goodbye.